0: Start, Sooners of Oklahoma. And,
1: and still looking for respect nationwide. What is going on, Sooner Nation? Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of The Barry and Mac Show. As always, myself, Barry, personal trainer. Sports performance coach out of Tulsa, Oklahoma, and alongside me, former Sooner wide receiver, 2000 national champ, Mr. Damian Mackey. How are we doing today,
0: Mack? Happy New Year, B. Doing well. Uh, man, we got a lot to discuss today. Just uh, saw that game the other night. What was that, Friday night, Thursday night? Thursday night Thursday night We a we, uh, lot of good A lot of bad And some ugly uh, But happy new years To you Happy new years To the Sooner Nation Salute to the Barrier Mac community Appreciate you guys For everything you guys done Looking forward To 2024 Got some things In the works uh, by the way, salute B. Still collecting checks. I appreciate that. Getting collecting checks, doing the things we love. It's never. <laughs> did you get your check yep. the other day? I got a check the other day. I'm sure <laughs> yeah. <get> <laughs> so uh, it's nice having a good <laughs> having a good time and 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 chopping it up with my brother.
1: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Got a lot to talk about today. Uh, but want to remind everybody: go check out the Twitter at Barry and Mac SHW. Follow DM, follow Dmac at D underscore Mac thirteen. Follow me at. B-Wise Fitness, at letter B-W-I-S-E Fitness. And uh, over on Instagram, Damien is at Dude, and you can find me, same thing, at B-Wise Fitness. But getting into the Alamo Bowl, Sooners catch a loss, d 38-24 to the Arizona Wildcats. Going into this game, Oklahoma fans seemed fairly tempered. This was the first game of the year where I saw... Probably about a 50-50 split, predicting a win, predicting a loss. There was a lot of folks with losing Dylan Gabriel, a, a senior leader, a player who does the little things, and we'll talk about that later on in the show, who does the little things well. I think we've kind of beat that horse ad nauseum throughout this year, but you had a game where there were spots that Oklahoma looked really, really good, and you can see the future and the potential Of some of the prospects then there were other spots as you mentioned that were just downright ugly especially towards the end of the game some of the turnovers which were not committed by youngsters you did have a couple especially early that put ou kind of in a bad spot to open the game and they were digging themselves out of the hole but they dug themselves out of the hole but seniors making mistakes not protecting the football and that's what you end up with i want to go over a little bit of the stats here uh, just to get a get a clearer picture of what this game was, so you had OU out first down Arizona twenty three to sixteen. You had OU out gain Arizona five sixty two to three eighty three in the total yard department. Passing yards were about the same. Again, we will discuss Jackson Arnold's debut. OU dominated the game in the run defense. Arizona had twenty six rushing yards to finish the game you did their job filling lanes. You had guys at linebacker. I thought Kip Lewis in pass coverage, he struggled at times, but against the run, he was solid. Danny Stutzman had a few just highlight plays, things that I think next year in the SEC he's going to get even more accolades for, doing essentially the same thing. Time of possession, Arizona is able to close out the game. They had a 95-yard drive that sort of sealed sealed the game going away, and that's where Sooner Nation, I think, started packing it in. But let's discuss some of the positives, Dmac. You watched the game. Uh, don't know if you've hit the rewatch yet, but I'm told me you watched it pretty closely. I want to hear your thoughts offense first without getting in too many of the weeds. What were some of the general highlights that you took away from it?
0: I think some of our most talented players are young. Uh, I think the most talented receivers left are the younger guys. <clears throat> By the way, notwithstanding Drake. Drake obviously this was his curtain call. Uh, <laughs> I saw Drake catch a ball and I was like, "Holy shit, that looks exactly like Bob twenty years ago." Like, like Drake looks like his daddy now. I mean, I think mm. he looks like his mom too. But he he was when he caught a ball and the guy kind of jumped in his face and then Drake jumped back in that guy's face. Like, yes. on, like you could tell you could tell Drake wasn't no punk about his. I was like, that's totally Bob Stoops when I met him. You know, 23 years ago, 24 years ago. But uh, we got talent coming up the ranks um, in the skill positions. Uh, Sachuk had some kind of tweak going on where he looked really explosive sometimes. And he looked like he had a torn hamstring other times. I don't know what that was about. But obviously, had, needless to say, had a solid game. Uh, other things offensively that I, I thought were pretty good um, were, <laughs> this is addition by subtraction. Uh, I think that's the last time we'll see that rendition of the offense. Um mm-hmm. that offense that we ran and the offense that we've deployed the last two years, to me, it's just a JV offense. And I'm not saying in principle uh it it it's terrible, but when I watched Ole Miss play yesterday or two days ago, whenever it was, it didn't that didn't look like Ole Miss. And when I watched the Baylor go back and watch the Baylor golden years that that didn't look like the Baylor golden years. And it didn't even look like the Josh Heupel, you know, uh, UCF years. So uh, I was happy to hear and get confirmation that that's not Seth's offense. We were running. Uh, what was left of Levy's offense. I was I was happy to see the pup go out there and keep slinging it. I know we'll kind of go into details about that here in a bit. But he went out there and slung it. And I think the worst pick of the night is the one where he assumes the backer can't get up 13. In fact, I think it was, uh, yeah. can't get and and get underneath that, that seam route he's trying to hit or kind of that in cut. Uh, and that guy went and made it. But aside from that, he's a tick late. Recognition's a, a little off. I like seeing him go through adversity and keep chunking the ball. And then I, I think his athleticism, uh, his moxie, I think you learn a lot. You learn more in losing than you do in winning. And so in a game that really didn't matter went to the tune of two seniors coming back just to say, hey, man, I want to make sure the pup doesn't get creamed. You know, I think it I think it's good that like you said, the offense went out and put up half a thousand yards in a game against a quality opponent who ended up as a ten win team. Uh who they had dudes. They 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 you know Oh for sure. Pac ten style, but those guys have guys who could play, especially on offense. Um for me, for me, contextually speaking, a lot to like. Obviously I wanted to win the game. Obviously the O line was an abomination. Uh, but I will talk philosophically about some strategic stuff in the second half that I think we could have won the game easily. And and I'm not even talking about Farouk and his 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 the things he did. I'm talking about if based upon how the game played out, we could have won. If philosophically, we may diff- or one tweak. So I'll get into that in a bit, though. Let's go
1: over to the defense. You know that they, they give up 38 points, but quite a few of those points came off of turnovers. The touchdown that sort of took the lid off the game, if you will, the deep throw, uh, going right to left that Arizona had where a receiver got behind. That one was off of a turnover. They still allow 26 rushing yards, you know, three about 350 through the air. And there were moments in the game where it felt like the defense had pretty good control of what was going on. There was a stretch there between the second, I want to say right at the very end of the first quarter into kind of late third, where OU's defense felt like they were controlling the game. They had dialed in on how to defend for a little bit. They, were, they had some momentum going. They were getting home. Watching Kendall Dolby work that left tackle was stuff that I think bodes well for them going into the SEC next year. That was really, really good to see, in my opinion. A guy who struggled towards the back half of the season, but it seems like he might have picked up a few things in ball practice, might have dialed in some of the assignment stuff. Cause I thought overall that was one of his better games. I thought For 15 sure. did a pretty good job. But talk about the defense. What were some of the positives there? Things that Sooner fans can take into uh, the
0: first year of the SEC with a little bit of hope. Yeah, I think it's, I think we are pretty well solidified on the second level with depth. Uh, I don't know if people saw, but like, Design was playing true linebacker. There were plays where desan and Dobie were in at the same time. Uh, I think that's a plus. I think that's a position for him. Uh, like you said, Kip and Kip and um Stutz, you know, obviously primarily manning the second level. I saw Kanik in there, and there wasn't any egregious uh bad plays by Canick even when he was playing backer. Uh among, along the D line on RMT, had a couple flash plays uh Finally looking good. Yeah, coming off that weak side edge. Um, at the defensive tackle position, obviously Terry and uh, the Notre Dame kid coming back are going to be helpful to provide some quality depth. Uh, but I, I know you asked for positives, but I will say uh, the big negative to, to me, for me on defense, is our guys still haven't uh, comprehended BV zone at the second and third level. Um, our guys don't know how to engage the windows that are anticipated and it's 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 a it's something that comes with time and reps and i mean it shouldn't take two years some of those guys have been around two years but we're missing and or are late to windows in the zone and we leave guys wide open and so um, i hope as we transition to the sec we do some of what the big boys in the sec do and texas does as well which is when an all when in, when all is in doubt play man Maybe leave one or two free safeties, but don't give the quarterback any pre-snap easy reads and and, and hope and expect your defensive line to get pressure. We had enough pressure with our D line. By the way, our D line was was collapsing the pocket consistently the second and third quarter. Uh yeah. and to your into your statement, uh it was the entire second quarter and the third quarter up until Farouk's fumble. We dominated mm-hmm. their offense. We went from down thirteen to up, I believe, 12 or 13 and then after the fumble they scored like 21 unanswered and uh, put the game away but um, we have to level up I I think it's just trust at this point I think we have good enough. I think we roll into the SEC so I don't want to spend a ton of time on Arizona we'll talk about the game too but I think today we have enough talent uh, on the defensive side and, and then the secondary to line up against everybody in the SEC, even Bama and Georgia, assuming we're 100 percent healthy and say, you got to out athlete us. Right. Uh, 26 played well. Can I? He did. He 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 he, 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 he had some good plays, uh, even over and beyond the interception. Kid played well. Peyton was lost in space a little bit, but I couldn't even really I didn't even really understand his position. I know we were in the 30 front and so we had an additional. Back end player because that that provides an additional. I was going to ask you
1: about that. Him and Reggie yeah. played a lot with Bowman. Was he just playing like a true nickel? Is that
0: what that was? Or I got to go back and watch it. I because he at first I thought he was playing cheetah, but then I was like, nah, there goes Dolby. Right. And so I know in in the old days, BV had two separate six DB packages. One was called uh, obviously Dime and then the other was called Six Pack. And in the six pack role, Roy was truly a linebacker. Roy had linebacker responsibilities, whereas in Dime, Roy was the sixth DB which he had different responsibilities. So I got to go back and look, but it was definitely personnel we had not run all year. And so I, I'll go back and and, and peruse that because it, I'm like, yo, what is, you know, at first I thought he was the the cheetah, you know, kind of the nickel backer who's, who's flexible enough to do both, but Dobie's on the field too. So I, I got to go back and, and, and rehash that piece. Um, Payton's good enough to going into the fall, be a guy who can be counted on. And I look forward to seeing that. I heard about the rumors with Woody and if he's coming back or maybe being asked to, you know, go to the NFL or whatever. Woody's a team guy. If he comes back, I wouldn't have an issue with it. But I think we've got talent that can go out there and play like Woody plays. So for me, the bigger thing, Barry, is watching the game. Uh, you looked at the numbers. We outgained them over almost 200 yards. We outrushed them over 180 yards. Um, and we had six turnovers to one, and a lot of those turnovers were uh, at our own fault, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Farouk and is if Faruk, <laughs> I like Farouk, but if he doesn't play, we probably win the game. That's that's a harsh way to say it. That sounds pretty shitty. I hate I you know what I'm saying, but like, man, dude, people don't forget, people don't remember. First, second quarter, we're we're going in to score a touchdown, and he makes a good play, and he cuts up, and then boom. Uh, 13 punches the ball out at about in the 12-yard line, which is a possession where it, otherwise we can assume we score at least three. But obviously yeah. we take seven off the board. And then, of course, the, the critical play, we're up two scores, or are getting ready to go up three scores. They've already basically kind of quit. If we score in that possession, like they don't even make an attempt. They, they, yeah. they, they put out the white flags. You're going into the fourth quarter, you're up three scores, um, perfectly thrown ball. I mean I'm glad they didn't give that to Jackson. That is a fumble. Um and obviously the kid takes it back for a fumble, scoop and score for a touchdown. Boom. Ladies and gentlemen, we got a ball game. So is what it is. I feel good about most position groups. We'll probably talk about position groups and when we talk about the one everyone's talking about, the offensive line is a is an issue. It's a big issue. Um By the way, they looked untalented. Holy freaking moly. I was like, yo, this does not look good. So, uh, you know, that'll be my biggest concern heading into the SEC.
1: Yeah, let's talk about Jackson real quick. You know, he came into the game, obviously, a Ballyhood recruit, five-star. We were very, very high on him. In my opinion, even after that game, I know some people see the interceptions to me a lot of those were just lack of reps and understanding the speed of the game the the interception by the backer the first fumble by farouk jackson completes basically the same ball where he's able to fit it inside the backer between the 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 corners playing like that outside the safeties over the top he gets it into farouk and the backer is not able to get there the difference was that backer Probably saw formation down a distance and knew that he could bait him into that throw to some degree. And that time he was able to get underneath it. And to me, at that point, the game was not getting out of hand, but it was a point where OOU was really, really struggling to get their footing. But a few things that I loved from his game, and I want to get your take. Yep. He sits in the pocket, man. He probably held on to the ball a little bit too long in some degree. Yeah. But Baker did the same damn thing. Baker would hold on to that ball. He'd tap that bad boy. He's, he'd keep those eyes downfield. I love his ability to to stand in the pocket strong. There were multiple throws where a freshman, probably a, a, a freshman with less talent and less moxie, gets rid of the ball sooner. He stood yep. in that pocket and waited for things to develop and took the hit. Another thing that I love: there's a play. I want to say it's either second or third down. They're probably at Arizona's 35. The pocket is collapsing. His vision, and I posted this play on on, on X. You guys can go check it out. He's not even looking at what is going on with the left tackle. He has pressure coming. He feels it. He doesn't put his eyes over there. He feels it. He probably sees it in the periphery and he takes off. He steps up. He he doesn't hesitate. He takes off, gets a big gainer and and helped OU get down into the red zone. That to me was the type of stuff that a championship quarterback, a quarterback that can get into the college football playoff and help you compete, that's what they do. To a, a lot of his interceptions felt like plays where you just need more reps. You know, the the first one to Drake where he doesn't see that safety. In high school, the safety's not fast enough to get over there. In high school, you complete that ball. In college, it's a little bit different situation. That safety's probably running a 4-4, and he's able to get over there, get the interception, and uh, and he just he just d- doesn't anticipate how fast and how quickly that ball needs to get home. I love his balance. I think he has Baker-level balance when it comes to handling the rush, being able to evade the rush and not lose his feet, there were multiple times where I thought he was down for sure. He's able to, again, stand in the pocket. Things that actually make the offensive line, there were probably four to five sacks that did not happen. That if DG was playing, they they probably do. If DG is playing with that same offensive line, and that's not, a, not negating DG's ability, maybe he figures out a different way, maybe they're doing something else, but if he is hit with that same contact, it is likely a sack. So just my overall point, what was your take on his performance, DMACC? Well, How do you think this bodes going into next year?
0: I think it bodes well. So let's talk about a few things strategically first. Number one, you, uh, it was very clear to me by the third quarter that we had a condensed playbook. D- um, Jackson had maybe eight or nine throwing concepts to choose from. We didn't have a running back screen. I mean, we, whatever, let me not, I don't know what we had, but what I do know is we only showed about eight or nine passing concepts. Um, number two, um, although Jackson is a RPO, he comes from an RPO uh, background at his at his high school. He proved on uh, Thursday night or whatever night that was that That's not the only thing he can run. He's not a system quarterback. Jackson's gonna do well, whether or not we run, uh, fun and gun, you know, we run, uh, leech style. He'll do well. Turning around and, and handing the ball off and running a ton of action off of what he runs, and so I, he, the diversity in which his skills translate is also very attractive. The ball pops off his hand; that's very attractive. He didn't underthrow deep balls; that that's attractive. Did you see the no- the nose of the ball? It went up and then it came down. Yep. That's very attractive. The ball turns over; that means he has the arm strength, right, to stay on top of the ball, which means that's more when your quarterback can stay on top of the ball. That's that's a longer distance they have pinpoint accuracy. Right. And so that mm. big that's a big deal. It's a big deal. If a quarterback has to shoulder the ball, right? We we talked about Dylan throwing from the hip. He throws the ball up and the receiver has to adjust to it. He just has to run to the football. But if you can stay on top of the ball, you have pinpoint uh accuracy at a longer at a longer clip um obviously he's more explosive when he runs the ball obviously a bigger stronger kid the kids 18 19 years old and did not look undersized uh in the game whereas dg's a grown man and, and has the grown man girth but is still uh he's not a better athlete than anybody on the second level on most teams we play I'm talking about dg dylan gabriel i mean uh jackson Arnold can run away from some backers Jackson Arnold will be too big for some corners to deal with on an island when he's a sophomore and a junior, and he's six-two and a half, two hundred and thirteen pounds with more girth. It's not going to be a mm. corner feeling really comfortable trying to make that tackle. Uh, and then, and then, like I said earlier, kid made some bad throws. And um, by the way, let's talk about the interceptions. High school football, there is no defense where you go from a 2 to a to a 3 or a 1 whatever they were going to I don't know if it was own. I got to go back and look Where there's a robber who knows the windows to rob right even if a high school calls robber the, the 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 DB's just replacing he's not necessarily jumping right phenomenal play phenomenal play by that safety um you know uh I have no fault to Drake because as receiver, Drake feels it and slows down, expecting the ball to be put on him, which is what a experienced quarterback would do. That turns more into like a uh, a hitch than it does a slant. if the if the if the inside receiver feels their safety trying to replace and come into that hole, you stop and you put the ball on him. Again, mm-hmm. that is that's that's like that's like two weeks of practice. That's not going to be a difficult thing for Jackson to recognize. And then the second one on the on kind of the outside wheel type play, where again it's Drake and the guy <laughs> the guy is Drake, poor Drake. Right? Again, it's just late, or it's just a flatter throw. Either or, either he can throw it with the at, at the point in which he anticipated it and puts it more on a line. The beauty is Dylan could never make that throw on the line. Jackson can. Or he anticipates it and throws it a tick quicker, and then the the safety can't get there, and Drake's catching it one foot in, one foot out. So those two interceptions are not a big deal. Um, Even on the third one, where the backer kind of – the backer doesn't kind of nothing. The backer makes an exceptional play what i fault jackson on is, is 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 assuming his arm talent is better than d1 athletes i think on that play he's just not accustomed to a second level defender being 6'1", but probably jumping 30 35 inches right with a vertical and have a, long, a longer arms he's a better athlete that guy simply makes a play a high school kid can't make and so mm. um, I see that play and, and, you know, when he, when he throws, I'm like, Oh, but you see quarterbacks all the time, fit a ball over a backer. He puts it on the line, kid mits it. I, I'm excited. Uh, you know, you know what I think about, you know, correlation and people are, you know, whatever, this might be hyperbole or exaggeration. What's the kid from Ohio state. Who's a rookie in the NFL. What's his name? Stroud. Oh, um, Stroud. Yeah. CJ Stroud. He reminds me of Stroud. Stroud is unapologetically saying, "Screw y'all and y'all tenure and all this NFL blah blah blah." I'm playing football, and if Farouk doesn't fumble twice, I think that's a message. I think I think the narrative if Farouk doesn't have two fumbles is simply that Dylan didn't play great, but you saw the Moxie and and and, and the ex- excellent uh, ceiling of Jackson. Regardless, even mm-hmm. with the third interception and the first interception. Right, I think we, I think we keep those, but OU wins, and everybody's talking about Dylan had two TD passes and two or three. And he he doesn't need three interceptions at that point, right? He has two interceptions, two TDs, three hundred yards. But look at all the throws he kept making. um And so when I look at Jackson Arnold, and and obviously, you know, I am, I, you know, I'm I can be transparent. I am uh further confirming my thoughts. There is a bias there, but man. Even with the loss, you see the ceiling. It's not even it's not even fun to talk about relative to him versus Dylan Gabriel. There's no relativity there. One kid has to be perfect in order for the offense to be elite or or very good. The other kid, right, has the potential to, on any given drive to make every throw. And defenses and defensive coordinators are going to know that going into the SEC.
1: Yeah, well, one of the things that stood out that that I predicted would stand out, that was the best yak we saw from the quick game all year. Multiple receivers catching the ball right when they're getting out of their cuts. Anderson, Tawee, the little wheel route he throws to Tawee to pick up the first down, where it's basically on Tawi's hip before he even turns around. That was a phenomenal anticipatory throw, and that's what you've got to have if you want to go out and beat teams that can play high-level defense, again, felt like reps. I, I talked to quite a few football kind of guys, kind of old heads who coached the high school game, and they said that offense, kind of as you stated, it was incredibly scaled back. There was sure. not a whole lot for Jackson to even uh, work with. There wasn't a lot of wrinkles or counters to, to, to what Arizona was doing. They were basically playing straight up. But one of the issues that felt like it really impacted OU's ability to control the game, not necessarily get the lead, but to control the game, was the offensive line. So the 200 yards, and and I said this online, it it needs a little bit of context. There's a 62-yard run by Sawchuck, which you can't take this out, but I'm just saying from a uh, percentage of what plays were successful versus weren't and how a coach is likely going to view the game on a play-to-play basis. You had a 62-yard run, an 18-yard touchdown, and you had a 15-yard run that made up kind of the bulk of the yards. You take out those three plays, OU averaged about 3.75 yards on the ground and, and did not look consistent. Right As you said, it felt like multiple plays, especially a right tackle. There, there's a play where that defensive end just jumps the snap, and he's behind. I want to say it was Sexton at the time, and he had no chance, no shot. And That guy at Arizona, it's not, not a knock, but he is not the level of talent they're going to play in the SEC with Alabama and LSU and, and Texas again. The guys they're going to be lining up with, it is a different animal it felt like the athleticism just was not quite there. And I know they're missing guys, but this is the guy who's playing next year. These are the players. Other than freshmen or transfer portal guys, these are the guys. So talk a little bit about the offensive line, Mac. What can OU do? What do they need to do? Is it as bad as at times it appeared, was it just cause guys hit the portal, or is there a, there a real issue there in terms of depth, recruiting, and development?
0: Yeah. So your O line is the one position group where your prior three years have a huge impact. And and you know, prior to this last class, I think we got four in 22. Mistake, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh we've been We've been averaging two and three and tons of busts uh, the years prior. That That is a 100% developmental and recruiting issue that Coach Bo has to own. He has to own that. Your own – like, he's been here since – Link's been here. Like Like, he's been here since – Bob's been here. So, so of the of the position groups where philosophies change and strategies change, Bill is one of the guys who he, he stayed through both regimes. These are his dudes. He's cooking with his ingredients. And uh, listen, I I know there were some cultural issues between Bird and Bo, but you got to figure that shit out. Bird's been in the program three, four years. Bird's a guy you need to his fourth and fifth year uh, – level up and become a dude because bird's a guy who's going to get a cup of coffee in the NFL minimum for sure has too many tools and you can't just let a bird walk out of your program. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, belabor about green. We all know there was some behind the door things going on there. I think it's pretty easy to see and say that there was tampering happening there. And I get it. This part of the game, the NIL component and, and the money you're talking about, uh, a legacy building money some of these kids are getting, that's going to shake up character, people with low character, or maybe just OU's not in the ballpark or people wanting to pay more. It's, it's kind of an economics deal. I'm not going to so much hate on that, but gosh, dang it. Green at left guard last night or on Thursday, I got to tell you, makes a huge difference, right? If green's at left guard, then whoever's playing guard is on the bench or, right, we don't have to shuffle as many pieces. That 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 really helps us out. But there's an issue in the O-line recruiting. There's an issue in O-line development. There's an issue in O-line culture. There's an issue there, and uh, you know, I'm not. I, I am not a, a beat and bow hater. I know, I know. a lot of people who are. You know, what I'm saying I do know some individuals we are partners with in business who do not like him in the least. Um, but he 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 needs to he needs to get a dose of reality and say, hey, dude, like like OU is as good as the quarterbacks quarterbacking us, right? Like Dylan, I think maxed out and got us to a 10-win season. And I respect that. I respect that. I respect Levy. Like those guys did what they came to do. You know, Jackson's a guy who can go win a championship. With. I don't think you can win a championship with Dylan unless you got championship caliber players all over the place in other areas. And we just haven't had that as of recent, right? But O-line, man. Listen, go watch the film. Holy fuck, freaking. <laughs> Try not to cuss. We look extremely unathletic. When we lost to Bama and Kyler was the quarterback, they had Quinn Williams. Quinn Williams jumped off the screen. Go watch the game. Our O line, by the way, was not great that year, but it didn't look as bad as it looked in the Alamo Bowl when it came down to plays where the defense says, I know you're passing. We're going to bring the house. Stop us. In that fourth quarter, I went from, oh, man, this is a good game to holy shit, this is so bad. In about a possession and a half. We got six holding penalties. We got six holding penalties the last six minutes of the game. And by the way, they were legit. There were a couple on them that they didn't call, by the way. Our, our guys got held a couple times and and salute to the rest for calling a few for us in our advantage. We're not accustomed to feeling that because the Big yeah, 12 just doesn't call. That was a little you know, different. Yeah, <laughs> yep. The Big 12 doesn't call holding for us on defense, but um, it was bad. Sexton's a guy who, as far as I'm concerned, he's got a lot of development to do in the offseason. I know he's a guy penciled in to be a starter. uh. He hasn't shown that since – he's the guy – did he get his ACL torn first play of the game against FSU last year? uh, Was that Sexton or Taylor? I think that was Taylor. It may have – whoever it was. Whoever the case may be, Sexton's got some – Yeah, I know, right? Sexton's got some growing to do. Um, The seniors, I appreciate them for coming back. That meant a lot. and, and and Rouse, I believe. Those guys won't be here. Uh, the beauty is the kid from great Britain's playing well in, in the, in the all-star games, he's out there kicking some ass, um, man, 52 on that, on that pick six or the scoop and score fumble, man, he looks like a bad athlete. I mean, it it just Mm. doesn't look good. So on the offensive side of the ball, I think we need to go ahead and clean up with another two or three portal guys now. Uh, and I, I can't take credit for this. Caleb said it and I haven't been reading the group chat so much, but, uh, who would have known, you know, three-fifths of Michigan's starting offensive lineup portal guys, who would have known old Miss has literally coined coined the recruiting strategy, and I think Colorado too, of high school recruiting's cute. We're going to go get guys who we know can make a difference. Um, I think there's something to OU saying, hey, dude, we got to go get two or three more seasoned, experienced guys because what's in the cupboard right now, it's scary more than any other position the d-lines getting the two tackles to come back makes it makes things better for us plus we got three dudes coming in yeah we got stone we've got nigel We, i mean we've got some jacob whatever the kids like we got some guys coming plus we kept some some experience backers a position i think's loaded probably loaded the most, the most talented kids aren't even playing yet Carter and Samuel, and and then you got Stutz, who's an All-American, and you got Kip, who he's got another year to grow and develop. Corner is a position where we're long, we're fast, and, and again, all of those guys who play 10, 20% reps, they're going to get a chance, right? We, we've got guys who look the part. Receiver, I think we're good. Between the guys we got coming in, plus the kid coming back off the knee, and obviously Anderson and Gibson, who are like those guys, man, I they they showed me a ton this year. Uh we're good. Running back, we're good. Right. Tywee, I, I think I assume he's coming back based upon the fact he left the portal. Um, obviously Saw Chuck and Hicks. We didn't get to see a ton of Hicks this year, but Hicks is a guy, and then we got the number one running back in the country. We got the starting, we got the number one QB from the 2022 class, plus Hawkins and the other kid. So quarterback makes me feel good. Tight end, we got a number top five tight end in the country coming in. He's a difference maker. It's the offensive line. Coach Venables has to make some hard, hard, not necessarily decisions yet because I don't think it's it's I, I don't think you do any good firing Bo now um, and then potentially losing three or four kids today. But he he's got to put him. He's got to micromanage that that position group and make sure we have the talent in the room. Barry, it was bad. And I haven't watched the game twice. It was bad. I ha- yeah. Haven't watched it twice. But the first time I watched it, especially the third and fourth quarter, when we needed the offensive line to give us time to throw, it was bad. I'll say this last thing and I'll pass it back. This yeah. is me off. We're up 13. The The ball, the the ball, play, they throw the ball to fruit that he fumbles, which initially they called an interception. I, I'm saying to the screen, and I think I'm in the group text texting, why aren't we running the football? If we run the football the play before, they're not gonna call timeouts in the third quarter. We literally end the quarter and never even have to have the whole scoop and score thing happen in the third quarter. We're running hurry up and throwing the ball. Seth, you're my you're my fullback. I love you to death. That's my big bro. Like that's legit my big bro. When I'm in town, we're gonna go have a steak dinner. I'm gonna call him out on that shit. Say, bro. Levy's offense, your offense, whatever the case may be, right? Game scenario situations, run the fucking football. Yeah. We're in the fourth quarter. It's third. It's second in whatever it is at that point. And it's just a different dynamic to be in the fourth quarter down 13 versus it's still the third quarter and we scored a touchdown. Now we're down six. Let's go play ball. It just feels mm-hmm. different. So that really – you know what I'm saying, and I said it before the fumble happened, and then I saw it happen, and I'm like, damn. You know, I was saying, I was like, damn. I wonder if that's a fumble or a pick. I'm glad they got it right because to me, it looked like a, a fumble, and I didn't want Jackson to get the uh, the negative kind of connotation in his mind because he he made a perfect perfect pass again. That Farouk right gave up the goodies. Um, yep. I feel good, Barry. I feel good. I, I the 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 SEC is what it is. Auburn got their ass kicked. Uh, Missouri played an, a, a an Ohio State team that just looked like they didn't want anything and didn't have a QB or Missouri didn't impress me that's for damn sure um obviously Georgia kicked the dog snot out of Florida state but that's Georgia we'll see what Bama has to offer I think Bama's going to be Bama's going to be our Nebraska That's the way I look at Bama. Like, we had to play Nebraska every year. Those guys were going to come ready, prepared. Nebraska respected OU. OU respected Nebraska. There was really no beef except for the fact that greatness against greatness. When we played Bama, okay, cool. They dope. Y'all came to Norman and got your asses whooped in 03. Don't forget Or 02. Don't forget it. Y'all came to Norman and got Mm -hmm. your – and then we went to Tuscaloosa and whooped your asses again. So, it is what it is. O-line. Could be our downfall
1: got got to figure out the offensive line because C- moving over to the the defense just to kind of touch on you know some of the, the the bones and position groups of that you saw talent that that really was showcased and your, your RMTs uh, PJ had a few good plays in this game there was one that where they run a little stunt and I want to I can't remember who the tackle is but man they get home uh, PJ looks extremely long He's looking a little bit more comfortable in the system. Uh, But RMT, on a couple plays, really, finally, for the first time this year, in my opinion, looked explosive. Uh, At that weak side edge spot, if you don't, so many times you can win the play by just getting a good jump on the ball and being more explosive and quicker to the spot than that tackle is. And in RMT's case, he's had a season where, hampered by injuries, He's not been able to get his feet underneath him in that respect. In this game, there were times where he absolutely dominated, uh, looked a lot bigger, but you see the talent coming up the ranks. And one of the things I want to touch on is, you know, BV's now really two, three recruiting cycles in. This next year, I think you're going to start seeing where the development actually is on the defensive side of the ball. All of these players have either been transfer portal guys, true freshmen who are ready but not ready, or guys who have been in the system like a Bowman and a Woody, and you uh, Stutzman who obviously improved a ton, but you know who these guys are. Right now, you've had an entire two years, essentially two off-seasons, to develop some guys who maybe weren't as ballyhooed, right? Your Marcus Strongs, your, your Ashton Sanders who are sitting over on the bench, they're going to be playing uh, next year. Also mixed in with some of the high-level Jaden Jacksons, your Stones, uh, your Okoye's, who I think may end up seeing the field next year too if he shows up and looks as explosive as he has um, leading up to now. But defensively, you you look at the safety position, touched on the linebacker position. What needs to happen so that they – the number four was just all over the field catching balls. And I don't think there was a whole lot in some cases that they could do. Oh, uh, What position do you think is the biggest threat to maybe hamper them going into next year? Is it still defensive end? Did some of the freshmen coming in in this signing class, which we really never talked about, but um, obviously we've, we've hit on some points. Do you think there is a glaring weakness or do you feel that – it's been kind of a linear progression
0: up until this point. Um, so I'm going to tell a story, and this story is going to help uh, my position. When we were at OU, BV and Mike were co-D coordinators. Okay. Um, both, by the way, 99 and 2000. What, what immediately comes to mind is 2000 against AM and m uh, and 99 versus Texas. Both of those games come to mind. By the way, we won one, we lost one. Ninety-nine against Texas, we we give up the lead, and then of course, uh, two thousand against a we find a way to win. But here's what I vividly remember: in those scenarios, okay, I'm gonna ask you a question with it. In those scenarios, third and medium, third and medium. It's third and six, it's third and seven, you know, whatever. We got to, we got two, two D coordinators, and sometimes they're both on the field, even. In some scenarios, Mm -hmm. but they are, you know, they're in the headsets and and Bob Bob is too. Bob can hear everything. He's got both channels, offense and defense. And you literally, like we literally bury, there would be yelling matches. And I'm not trying to like give up Sooner business. I think it's well documented, right? Like the coaches, when we were with our years, they were young men. They were in their mid, late twenties or early thirties, all of them. Firing <laughs> and the bullets are flying like legit, right? Yeah. Texas and AM bullets are flying. Okay, one coach is vehemently like, God dang it, we need to play man coverage, let's put pressure on the quarterback. Da-da-da-da-da. The other coach is saying, No, we need to confuse him, priest. Now we need to show one thing and jump into another, and we need to have more eyes on the football. Take a guess, just the coordinators which coordinator wanted man across. With with more than they could block and make him make a quick decision, and then which was the other that wanted to confuse them pre snap and then jump into something different? Just take a guess.
1: BV was the latter.
0: <laughs> Am so, I right? So look, every Tuesday, Wednesday practice, we had a every Tuesday, Wednesday practice, we had a okay. one on ones. We had one on ones, right? And look, by the time two thousand season, it was a thing. Okay. By the way, it was such a thing that like Spurrier, but like if you get If you get D'd up too many times, you ain't playing. Like for us, we're in meetings and we're watching film. And it's like, yo, Mackie, if D straight or Roy Lee or who somebody, Mike T, uh, I would go against Ante. Ante, Ante, it got to a point by the time 2000 came, Ante couldn't guard us. Ante's like a backer. He's just in a DB body. He didn't have the feet or the hips. He couldn't guard us. So Ante, we, we, we couldn't even go against Ante. By the way, that's no diss to OJ. OJ was a dog. He was great in zone, but just 1v1 receiver d1 receiver versus a a, a nickel or a slot safety he couldn't guard us more often than not if he didn't get his hands on us forget about it so it's really mike t d straight roy lee like like uh, jt thatcher he he never came down we will beat this not out of jt jt couldn't guard us right it's really those three so coach spur is like look if, if those three guys shut y'all down like you sit in the bench. So imagine you're in a Tuesday, Wednesday practice. Like that's the level. That was the standard when I was at OU. Like that's what it was. By the way, one-on-ones are fake. It's five seconds. There's no rush. There's you know what I'm saying. So so Mike <laughs> Mike Stoops would get pissed because sometimes yeah. somebody would give a little extra wiggle. Okay, but here's my point. We get to one on yeah. and you'd hear every single time you'd hear Mike Stoops say, "Brown coverage." And, and we would – we or, or man brown, man brown. And we would all look at each other and be like, what the fudge? But colors meant man. Colors meant man, right? And so we'd get to game day and, you know, we split the 50 offense on the – offense on the north side, defense on the uh, south side or whatever, however our stadium is, whatever. Um, but uh, <laughs> we'd hear Mike Stoops in the headset it, it would, he'd be saying one or two things. He'd be saying blue or brown. Blue, 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 blue. And then you could hear whatever, like B V saying his thing, and then you could hear Bob hands crossed, like, no, nah, this time we're gonna do five, you know, cross dogs. No, nah. and then and then it'll be other times where where, where Bob would be like, hell yeah, hell yeah. Blue double cross, blue, double cross. And my point is, philosophically, you hit the nail on the head. Mike Stoops wanted to to run man and put the defense in a position where hmm. there's no Pre pre snap easy reads, and we're bringing heat. Um, so 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 here's the second half of that piece. We play Texas. They've got Kwame Cavill. Mike wins that call. They call a outside screen. We run man. We have a man blitz. Two guys block the corner. The tackle leads up on the safety. If you go watch the play, it's the game that puts the game away. Uh, Kwame, Kwame Cavill run. They run some kind of slip screen to the outside receiver. They score untouched. Like we don't even, we're not even in the ballpark. We blitz everybody out of the play. They double team the corner. Tackle leads up on the safety. The kid high steps into the end zone, right? That's the play that makes the determination on OU Texas. And then we play AM. And by the way, Robert Ferguson is kicking our ass. In my opinion, 2000 season, Robert Ferguson was the best receiver in America. He played so amazing that day. So amazing. And then we went when we played for the national championship. Um, he like transfers to NC State or something. I don't know what they'll happen the next year and he's playing for NC State or whoever the hell he was playing for and he killed them too. I mean, he was killing, like the kid was killing, right? But anyway, same scenario happens on the on the T Marshall interceptions. They're arguing. Are we going man? Mm-hmm. Are we going zone? BV wants to go zone, bring some type of blitz or or show some type of blitz. Mike wants to go man pre-snap. And, of course, we go zone that play. And, of course, T. Marshall undercuts the in-cut. Boom, intercepts it, picks six to the house. So so what's my point? I think philosophically, well, I know. BV likes to play zone. He likes to have a ton of people with eyes on the football um, what I have seen happen the past two years, though, Barry, is our DBs and backers, for the most part, are not savvy enough to really understand route combos and find and sink into the proper window. We get our asses handed to us, We like consistently, Kansas, I mean, preseason, the KUs of the world, and of course, the big dogs of the world, they, they give us problems. I believe philosophically that we need to trust our DBs. I think we have good enough talent at corner now to just take away the pre-snap stuff. Hey, dude, I've got you man V man QB. I'm not hiding it. I'm either taking away the slant or I'm taking away the the fade or I'm such a dog. I'm playing you head up. And you gotta win either. I ain't giving you nothing pre-snap. And we've gotta start eliminating that pre-snap comfort for quarterbacks. Against Arizona, if we jump out of zone and jump back into man, because we got our we've got our guys on defense. But Connie yeah. Walker follows four. Woody is opposite that. We've got Bowen, we've got Dolby, I mean, and all the puppies in tow. I believe if we put Twenty six on four, of course. Gentry's in, and then he's hurt. He he got hurt. I don't know what happened to him. Right, he's in street clothes. The second half, um, but we've got good. Enough. We've recruited well enough in the secondary to play more man and put defenses in a position where they can't just out scheme us on third down. Go watch LSU. And I know this is a bad year to bring the LSU comparison up, but for 20 years, LSU says on third down, we're running, man, our D-line is better than your O-line, and we might bring one more. Maybe we will, maybe we won't. And our two safeties are deep pre-snap, so we're not giving you the fade. You can't just throw it over the top. Beat us. It's a Hmm. hard pill to swallow. It's very, very, very difficult to just feel like you're going to win. Hey, DBs, reroute, get them off their timing. Right, so the quarterback can't just say one, two, three spot. You can't do that because the receivers getting touched in those first five yards. To me, that's where we've got to go. Because if you go position groups, right? D tackle, I think like you can't recruit as well as we recruited. We could have gotten a couple guys. McClellan, maybe is a guy at Missouri. Obviously, Williams is a guy who is a, we we think was a silent commit. Money money took him to Missouri. So. Uh, theoretically we could get but you can't Nigel Smith, David Stone, uh and the other kid who's a freaking hoss is his name Jacob Jaden ja- his name Jaden Jackson that man
1: just dogs right you can't recruit He might her. play the most in the in his freshman
0: year more than any of them 100% in my opinion and then you got two seniors coming back you got two guys who played college football for years coming back. And then you got strong, you got Sanders, you got Grayson. So those are guys, program guys. They've been in the program two, three years. DN, again, same thing goes, right? You got RMT coming back. You got Downs probably coming back. I mean, I think Downs, Downs is coming back. You've got uh, uh PJ coming back. Like you've got dudes, you got the kids you love that we recruited, right? Uh the DN, I forget his name. I, I McCoy, believe it's Kansas yeah. City. A oh my God! He Couldn't block the kid. Backer, we don't need to talk about safety. Billy Bowman's coming back. Which, by the way, I've said this all year, Barry. I think I've been pretty consistent. He's he 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 looks better than he plays.
1: Mm, I think Sooner Nation finally came to grips with that a little bit in this one, and, and I had some people uh, reaching, just DMing, commenting on on the Twitter, saying, you know, I didn't realize how many. Snaps! OU was susceptible to 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 throws where you're throwing where Billy Bowman's supposed to be, and either his back is turned, he's not aware. There was a lot
0: of that, a ton, all year long. We love Billy. He's a D one. He's a he's a starter caliber player, but like he's not at this level of like he's a Sooner Gray or even like a uh you know this this regime to me. Yeah. To me. Like, is he
1: better than a Brodney Poole or a- um, Hell
0: no. Don't even bring um, him and Brodney. A Nick
1: Nick Harris, a- I'm trying to think of guys who were kind of in that vein. Different
0: players, him and- But like a Javon Harris was a safety who was solid. I mean, we've had a ton of guys who were solid. He was solid. He's made some uh, some opportune plays for pick sixes, and he deserves the accolades because of the numbers. But like, he's not a leader who's a difference maker when it matters. He just hasn't done it mm. yet. He hasn't done it yet. Like he doesn't he doesn't deserve to be discussed in conversations with like Brodney. Are you kidding me? Like he doesn't mm. dis- deserve to be discussed in conversations with like Ace Colvin. And Ace moved to corner, but Ace mm. was a. Ace was a Ace was a guy who made big plays when they matter. Uh uh Billy's made splash plays and tip balls. He's jumping on him. He's a ball hawk. I don't I don't hate that, but like Billy's a guy who gets beat too often in the routine. In the routine, Billy gets beat quite a bit. Granted, he's got another year. My point is, safety position is a position we can check. Safety looks good. Peyton Bowen's coming back. Billy's coming back. We got the younger uh, McCullough in the two. We got guys, okay? Uh, I like our uh, Mason Jennings. Man, we got guys. For me, Barry, the biggest thing is, will OU say, hey, against inferior talent especially, we're going to lock up man. We're going to put pressure on your quarterback and we're going to make him make a play and not allow an offensive coordinator to design a play. That's what the big boys do when it matters. And I think those are areas where we could have taken more advantage of that this season. But philosophically, BV's the guy who says, let's confuse the quarterback pre-snap and jump in the zone. And and Mike was the guy who says, let's show them hard man pre-snap and see if they can beat us. Interesting.
1: Yeah, I think this offseason is going to be incredibly fascinating. I think this is one of the more interesting spring games, right? The, the first two have been interesting just because, you know, you got BV bringing in new guys. It's new blood, it's new life. This is an offseason where, I, with all of the guys showing up to enroll early, I think it is going to be uh, very compelling to see who is playing at what positions on defense and maybe even on, on offense and, and to some respects when the spring game rolls around, which true freshmen or which younger guys who have been in the system for a year, red-shirted, kind of in the cupboard, who start seeing more snaps um, with the ones and with the twos. Uh, the, this is the type of you're now three years in. This is where depth needs to start getting built. And, and to me, that, that makes the, the spring game incredibly compelling. Um, I'm going to be doing some separate content on, on guys who I think need to have big winters and, and big springs, and then of course a uh, summer getting right before the season. I'm going to talk a little bit about the guys who you know physically need to grow still, probably need to get a little bit faster. You know, we talked to Makari Vickers last year. I think he's interesting, especially with the interview we did with OU bringing in some other guys at corner, developing a guy like Jacoby. You got a Wagner, you got a Gentry. Does a Makari grow into a, a little bit bigger body, and do you start looking at him at a, at a safety spot? Does he you know, maybe come in there as a, as a cheetah who can really cover? Right? He's a guy who's not going to be taken advantage of in a lot of one-on-one scenarios just by how he moves. He was an elite prospect when OU got him. I think that will be a very interesting uh, uh, the trajectory to watch with him. Uh, but, man, before we get out of here today, uh, two things – First, that Nick Anderson touchdown, beautiful play, <laughs> beautiful throw. But I'll be daggum what me and DMac predicted <laughs> the first start of the year. We put a stake bet on it. Um, I had Drake Stoops leading the team in touchdown receptions. You had Nick Anderson. They end in a dead-ass tie, gridlocked, 10 apiece. Uh, but, of course, I'm going to take credit because the bowl game doesn't count. So, I'm just playing. Um, ten touchdowns for said. Nick. That's not the rules we said. Nah. That's not we said. <laughs> <Nah>. Ten <laughs> That's touchdowns not the- for Nick, ten for Drake. Um, I, Nick Anderson coming back next season. I think he's a guy who really has a chance to, uh, to do something, uh, barring any injury. But, man, this college football playoff, you got Texas going up against Washington. You got Alabama playing Michigan. You know, we didn't talk about it a ton, but – when they showed Michigan and the uh, the playoff committee, when they do the announcements, and you watch the video of the Michigan players, and you see all the teams excited about where they're going, about where they're going to be seated, and you see the Michigan team when they uh, when they announced that they were going to be playing Alabama, it was not a lot of exuberance. So going into this, you got these games um, on tomorrow. Uh, I think Texas is the first game. Alabama, Michigan might be the second. Uh, can't remember how that order is going to go. Who do you think wins these semifinals and who do you have taken the natty? I'll, I'll actually go first on this. Uh, I think Washington is going to show why they were able to, to handle Oregon like they did. Washington is going to surprise some teams on the defensive side of the ball. They got some guys on the defensive line who can really play. They got a corner, I cannot remember his name, who can really play. They got an outside linebacker who can really play. Uh, I know Blake Mullen, who, uh, shout out to Blake uh, being hired by OU Insider. Super big move for Blake. Uh, super proud of him, man. The, the, the Lord's got him, and he is, uh, he is on an amazing trajectory for his career. So big shout out to Blake Mullen. Y'all go show him some love over there on X. I think Washington gets by Texas. <laughs> I think Alabama gets by Michigan. I think this just feels like the kind of year where Alabama has a they sleepwalk through the early part of the year. They pick up steam down the stretch. And when you give Saban a long time to prepare, this feels like a perfect Saban type season where they don't come out of nowhere, but they they kind of rested at that six, seven, eight spot move up in that last week after beating Georgia. And I think Alabama ultimately gets it done against Washington. And uh Saban can hopefully ride on into the uh, sunset pretty soon to open the door for some other folks uh, because, man, he has just built a monster over there. How do you see this thing shaking out, Mac?
0: First things first, I owe you a stake. I haven't forgotten. When we finally hey. get together, bro, the entire night is on me. So just be mindful Woo. of that. All um, right. I've got Washington beating Texas. I'm I'm biased. I want them to beat Texas. I will be cheering for you, Dub. So there's that. But I also think the matchups work in um Washington's favor. This is a quarterback Agreed. driven uh this is a quarterback driven league and Pettis is just better than Ewers. And so however, Ewers when he's on is, is can can make things happen. I think Texas's biggest um Opportunity is along the, the, the defensive line. However, Washington just won the Moore award, so there's that. Um, but listen, in a in a in a world where everybody talks about Texas as receivers, Washington's are better. In a world where everybody talks about Texas's quarterback, Washington's is better. I think Washington's biggest issue is going to be on the second level. Their backers have to be able to control the run. Because if they they don't, they have shown consistently all year, especially against Oregon uh, in that first game, where those guys will get lost. And you'll be able to sneak tight ends. And the kid at Texas, they got a – you know, the kid at Texas is a really good player. Um, if they don't stop the run, Texas is going to be able to play action that ass, and and they're going to beat them on the second level. I don't – the third level, it's going to be pretty even. Both teams are uh, solid on a second level, but – I don't think either secondary is something where you're thinking about a ton of NFL home cooking. Um, I like uh, Pennis being able to make a key play when it matters. I like the opportunistic ability of the UW defense. Uh, I think they'll bend but not break. And I think Ewers throws the ball to the defense one time and Mm -hmm. Texas loses. So I'll take UW. On the other side of the coin, believe it or not, believe it or not, I'm taking Michigan and here's why. I so first things first, Alabama does not have a difference maker at running back, which is very That's very true. far and few in between, and Michigan will be pinning their ears to make sure Milrow doesn't beat them with his legs. Michigan's secondary is legit. They're legit. And when you when you think about uh, Bama's receivers this year—they don't have a Judy or a Waddle. They don't have uh, a Deontay uh, uh, the Smith, who's at the Eagles this year. They've got—they've got guys who are great route runners and, and and good athletes, but they don't have like a. Difference maker just run by everybody. Was the kid's name that played for the 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 Raiders? He was the fastest one. I forgot his name, but he's out because he hits somebody. Ruggs, oh my man. god! Like, oh, they don't dude. have rugs. They don't have that guy. They've got five eleven to six two guys who are four four and are good players. But Michigan's got good DBs, and Michigan can run the football. So That's true. I, That's I true. believe, I believe, and, and here's the biggest thing. This is the biggest issue Michigan's had the last three years when they were making it playoff pushes. Their quarterback was a liability when you forced him to beat you. The kid they've got this year, uh, I forget his name because I ain't in Michigan. You know, I don't pay attention to Michigan like that. Kid can run. He can beat you with his legs. He can beat you with his arm. He can beat you with his mind. I, can you believe they got him as like a second round pick or something? Which I, I don't see that, but I guess his potential is high. His ceiling is high. Yeah, I he moves Michigan his feet game. really well. He, he's got a good arm. He's a four or five. He runs a four or five. I said what? He runs a four or five. I forgot the kid's name, but he's a stud. Well, he's not a stud, but he has the ability to beat you in multiple ways, which means they will have to scheme him different. I've got Michigan and Washington, which is a classic pac Ten versus Big Ten. Uh, Rose Bowl. That's a Rose Bowl teens.
1: matchup, man. Yeah,
0: for my teenage years, Michigan and UW were both big time programs back then. I'd like to see UW win it. Um, I'm kind of partial to UW. One of my buddies coached there a ton, a long time. Actually, he coaches at Oregon now, which I'm like, man, you ain't my dog no more. When he was coaching at UW, loved him. He's a receiver coach mm-hmm. now. He's a receiver coach at uh, Oregon and. uh I don't like Oregon so much, but I think I, I would like to see UW win. I think Michigan probably wins. Um, if you made me bet money, I'd say Michigan finds a way to beat uh, Bama and Michigan beats UW in a game where their defense suffocates the the UW offense. And then UW does not have an answer to the Michigan run game.
1: Man, I just I do not want to see Texas win it for a lot of reasons, one, because they're Texas, but two, the the recruiting advantage in different scenarios is going to be uh, when TCU did it, that was cute. That was a great year by TCU, but they went out to the to the natty and just got run by Georgia. Man, before we get out of here, did you hear Kirby Smart's comments after the the Georgia game?: No, what is that? basically talked about the bowl season and of course, I'm sure he's happy his team went out there and performed well, but uh, th- I'm going to paraphrase, but the gist of it was he said that that was one of the worst bowl games he had ever seen, been a part of just because of the amount of players who portaled out and basically made the game worthless, right? Uh, Georgia, Wins the I think Georgia still wins even if FSU is healthy, right? But obviously, if Jordan Travis is playing, I'm to say it healthy, probably healthy is a lot closer. Okay. I'm am t- okay. talking about for the most part healthy. I still think Georgia probably wins, especially if it was a playoff scenario. It's just so hard to bet against Kirby Smart when he has time to prepare. I, I think he was a big key cog in why Bama had so much success for as long as they did. And now you're him doing it at Georgia. Invincible. They were
0: invincible when they had Kirby. They've been beatable since he's left to Georgia, for sure. Hundred
1: percent. So, but his comments were interesting. Uh, you know, before we get out of here, you know, next season you got the twelve-team playoff. You know, teams that are nine and three, ten and two are going to have a shot. It's going to make more games more interesting next year, and we'll dive into what our predictions for for that will be next season. You know, as the off rolls around, but. How is something like this for you as a former college athlete where back then the bowl season was, was your cap on a good year, right? Everybody was playing. You know, maybe you had a few things, like you might have had a dismissal, right? That a plagued OU a couple times, guys getting in trouble in the bowl season. But now the culture of opting out has become so prevalent and it's not even that I disagree with it. For the player, it is the right move. To get an extra, when you're trying to cut weight, maybe for the combine, to get an extra two week jump on that three week jump is massive, right? That's the difference in you running a four four or four five five, and you running a four four seven, right? It can be a huge, huge difference in the amount of time that you prepare, and can cost you a lot of money. So I don't disagree with it, but how do you, as college football, as the NCAA? make the bowl season compelling again beyond obviously going to 12 like well what do you do to make it interesting and make the players want to stay in the game and compete
0: listen B i haven't watched 3 games this season i didn't remember OU's game until the night of someone at work was like hey OU plays tonight i we, i have a girl on my on my in my office who uh Play with she ran track when I was at OU, and she's like, "Hey, the game's tonight." I was like, "Oh yeah, the game's tonight." Like I have not, I haven't watched, I haven't watched two games. I watched yeah. all of our game. The twelve team playoff is 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 you know <laughs> the first thing it is is karma. We would have had it this year if not for the ACC, yeah, dumb asses. <laughs> And Florida, Florida State would have had a chance to 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 win or lose on the field. So there's that. I, I'm excited about the twelve team playoff. I'm excited about first round home games. I'm ex- think about how exciting the so NF, like even the NFL and the NBA. I the NBA, the NFL is closer to how I remember it being a kid. It is, but the NBA is trash. Like I don't even watch the Lakers play. I might watch ten games a year. I watch all of the playoffs. NBA yeah. playoffs, I freaking love it, right? Because everybody's 100%. playing. They they they've got to go play. I haven't watched ten Laker games this year, and I'm also not a LeBron fan, so there's that. But I believe the the season between um I, would, I don't know if it's the bcs or the plus one the plus one seemed pr- pretty legit you know the plus one seemed pretty legit but like i can't remember the last time i gave a damn about college football games in the bowl season probably it's probably been 8 years um and it's gotten worse with the portal it's gotten worse when what's the kid the running back from lsu who's now a journeyman, he played for Tampa for four or five years. He was the first guy. Fournette, he was, right? Fournette was the next AD, yeah. right? He was the first yeah. guy who I remember opting out in a game. Like, I figured, screw that. I'm going to get ready for the combine. And since mm. that, it kind of opened the floodgates. Um, I believe the 12-team playoff is going to make bowl games, like, literally just – like, they might as, well, might as well just call them exhibitions. Right, like the OU game, I could care less whether we won or lost. We already got to ten wins. Check the puppy's playing the entire game, so I wanted to see what he could do. I didn't care whether we won or lost, and no major injuries. I'm good. We lost to Arizona. Damn it! I wish we would won, but I literally had no emotion attached. Like literally,
1: yeah. it's not even 12-team. your team. You've watched the whole season. That's right. not. Oh, that's not the twenty twenty three
0: version of Oklahoma. Right. In fact, Dylan's probably already in Eugene. You, like, I need to call my yeah. boy. I'm like, hey, bro, is Dylan there? He's probably already, or, or maybe he's yeah. at their bowl game with a jumpsuit on. Who knows, right? So, like, by the way, to me, Dylan's not a a, 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 a long-term Sooner great. He's not. Salute to what you did. But, damn it, you, like, I I played my last game as a Sooner and was concussed. I'm a Sooner. I'm a Sooner. I, I get it. And I don't have hate for Dylan, and I don't think he's a bad kid, and I appreciate what he did. He got us a big win versus Texas, and, and he helped right the ship. But, like, I'm not dropping the standard of sooner great. I'm not dropping the standard of what it means to be a true sooner because the times have changed. He could have said, I'm going to come back in the fall, and I'm going to make you guys make Jackson honor transfer transfer, or we're going to win a championship because of me. Kid took the money. Kid took the opportunity to guarantee his position. And I don't hate him. I'm not a hater. I'm super grateful for Dylan, but he's not a sooner great for me. I don't care. Like, to me, the standard is the standard. We don't drop the standard. We don't water down the standard. We don't hate people making rational decisions because Jackson's a better play- player. We, we've we also said that since August. Me, You and I have said that yeah. since August. And a, bun- a bunch of people were like, oh, you guys are crazy. No, we're not crazy. We, you know, This thing played out about where it should have played out. College football, I think, made a good decision. Barry, mark my words. In the next decade, it'll be bigger than 12. They're going to see how much money that 12 team playoff makes. They're going to say, wait a minute, the NFL does 16. I think the NFL does 18 teams now, right? I think it's top seven now, right? You get the top seed and then three three, three wild card games the first week. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if 16. And or potentially, uh maybe not eighteen, but I wouldn't be surprised if they land on sixteen. And it's two weeks of home games, and it's all this. It's a different regime of prestige, and um, I think it's good for the sport. If kids are going to get paid, um, if we're going to monetize everything, why not give teams the opportunity to lose some games and see if if, if people say Georgia could, Georgia is one of the best four teams in the, in, in, in college football this year then damn it, Georgia should have got a chance to play. But I don't care what no one says. In its current makeup, there's no rational, legit way, in my eyes, a school like Florida State, who played in the conference they plays in and beat everybody on their schedule and won a conference championship, you can't say because a kid got hurt. Could you imagine the NFL saying, hey, Brady got hurt. I don't give a damn how good the Patriots are. Y'all not going to the playoffs. Like, to me, that is mind-blowing. So I don't even I take the Georgia loss for a grain of salt. I wouldn't want to play in that game. If I if I had aspirations of playing in the NFL or if another yeah. program was gonna pay me a hundred grand to go in that to that school, why would I play in a game that's an exhibition where we're not playing for any type of championship and I have NFL aspirations and or monetary aspirations for my family? What they have twenty five opt outs? I would have opted a out. It out. A ton. But
1: Florida State was decimated. Yeah. I think not going to the playoff at 13 and 0 and while i think there were four teams on a neutral field better than them in a sense of like getting it right they did still deserve to be there but but the way the the makeup of the whole thing is is, is crazy and and the fact that you even that if you really go back and think about it the fact that they started with four anyways when you have five power conferences was just wild to me because you're gonna yep. leave out somebody any given year who probably is a top team so I, I think 12 does make it a lot better there's a there's a press conference that leach did I want to say he was at wazoo back in the day and it was um might have been like right before the playoffs started maybe it was like 13. and his point was if you're gonna do a playoff just do it right. Make it 16 teams, 24, whatever number you land on, and allow things to play out on the field and make it interesting for every fan base. Because right now, it's it's not interesting. Even the OU no. game, to circle back, <laughs> that you're not watching the team you watched all year. There's nothing to really play for. You're, you're, it is a it is slightly more entertaining than than a spring game, and that's only because the other team has a different uniform on. I, but at I the end of the day. Yeah, like it is it's not and it's not even necessarily good football now because now you're bringing in a ton of new players who haven't played all year trying to get them up to snuff for the bowl game. It's just it's so difficult to do. Uh, because I think this year's rendition of OU, fully healthy, with with Guyton playing, um, that, I think that probably makes a little bit of a difference in the game. Just because of how OU was able to get worked on that side of the O-line, it's just a matchup that you now tilt in your favor. So, just something to think about. Uh, Mac, yep. any closing words for for Sooner Nation as we get out of here, man? And we end the 2023 campaign of the Barry
0: and Mack Show. So... Yeah. Uh, Two seasons in. Super grateful for you guys. Uh, We're looking to do big things in 2024. We've uh, gotten closer to some normalcy, and uh, we've made the transition to Dallas. Loving it. Uh, Looking forward to being in Norman in 2024. Um, Thank you guys for everything. Uh, We are... I absolutely looking to improve and get better. Um, lots of opportunities knocking on our doors and, and every decision I think we're going to make is going to be decisions that are decided based upon how they impact our relationships with our listeners. Um, and, and also I, I would say various, uh, specifically for you, bro. It's been, you know, it's been a uh, challenging time, not challenging in the sense of hard, but challenging in tons of, in tons of transition. Oh, and, dear. uh, always look forward to jumping on with you and and having these conversations. Um, you know what I'm saying? It it makes it easy to want to do it when you, when you like the people you work with. And so guys just, uh, be safe tonight. Enjoy yourselves. Don't beat yourselves up over how many interceptions Jackson threw, or, you know what I'm saying? How we lost to Arizona in a game, which was a huge program changer for them. And was just a whole home game for us. Um, Pay close attention to what happens to the to the to the program the next six or seven months as we prepare for 2024. And listen, let's be unapologetic about kicking ass in the SEC. I don't, I don't give it. The SEC I remember was was whatever. They weren't they weren't not a dominating conference. We can go into the SEC year one and make some noise and let those mother suckers know to respect the DNA of OU because there's only one. So appreciate you guys. Appreciate you, Barry. Um, stay safe tonight, guys. Have a happy new year. Beautiful
1: stuff. As always, go check out the X at Barry and Mac, SHW. Find Mac at D underscore Mac 13 and find me at b Fitness at letter B-W-I-S-E Fitness and uh, Instagram, Damien is Dame That Dude. Follow me at b Fitness. If you are in Tulsa on January 6th, I am doing a fundraising event for autismoklahoma.org. We're doing deadlift for autism. Got some championship power lifters coming out here, record holders, a few of mine that hold some state records. Uh, what we day of the week is that?
0: What day of the week is Saturday, that? Saturday, Saturday. Yeah, uh, this next Saturday. That might be a dinner date. I might come out there. Hey. support. can I get a B-Wise Fitness T-shirt? Oh, uh, brother, I got you. But I'll get, I'll hit you up with the hoodie and the T-shirt, brother. Okay, yeah, I might. Yeah, pull, man. I, I actually, I'm gonna put it on eighty percent. Let me get my wife's permission, but that would be let's a great opportunity to get together and do some good.
1: Yeah, man. We're 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 trying to make a difference. Uh, we're we're just showcasing that everybody can pick up a barbell. Doesn't matter. Um, everybody can uh, can work to better themselves what fitness and this is kind of not not to take it back to Oklahoma but like what fitness does for you in terms of improving your life showing you how to execute with discipline showing you how to be consistent it, it teaches you so many things I've never ever in my life worked with somebody or talked with talked with somebody where they, They got on a consistent fitness regimen. They had some success. I've never heard somebody say, man, when I did it, I didn't get any good stuff out of it. I didn't learn anything. You always learn something about yourself. It is, is, to me, the most bare bones, like rawest way to teach yourself discipline, consistency, and, and how to put yourself first. And, and I think and that should not be limited to anybody, no matter your race, color, gender, um, whatever you're facing, whatever obstacle, everybody can better themselves in that regard. And that's what the whole weekend is going to be about. Um, I got one of my lifters coming up here who is autistic power lifter, but state record holder in, uh, for, in the state of Oklahoma and the deadlift total and bench blew away the bench record, um, and then wow. and this year he's he's looking to hit hit uh hit four hundred five as a seventeen year old uh, looking looking to get after it. So that's the goal for twenty twenty four. A lot of big goals, you know, not not to be labor, but as D Max said, this year was a crazy transition year. So thank you guys for bearing with us, uh, Sooner Nation. It has been awesome. It has been good. Have a blessed, happy New Year. Cannot wait for twenty twenty four. We will see you soon.